0: Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday. It is rainy. It is 10 o'clock. I'm Tim Harris. It means it's time for a ten with Tim. Uh, We're going verse by verse through the Word of God. We're in the book of Isaiah right now. We are doing chapters 38 and 39. Today we'll be in Isaiah chapter 40 tomorrow, which I can't wait for that. Uh, chapters 38 and 39 are good and I'm glad you're with me I don't know that I've said that lately uh, I love you guys so much I really do appreciate your time in the word with me some of you have stopped everything right now you're live with me and uh, I appreciate that that's that's tremendous for me that you would stop your mourning and uh, be in the word of God uh, along with me that's just a tremendous gift to me and I thank you for that others of you I'm, I'm not a favoring the live people. Uh, some of you are going to join me under lunch hour or later in the day. For some of you, it's the weekend or the next morning, and uh, and you're staying with me too. You're following me in the Word of God. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the fact that I can be your partner in the Word of God, your teacher, your friend uh, in, uh, in in the Bible is uh, a tremendous, tremendous privilege for me. So thank you for giving me that. Uh, listen, chapter 38 and 39, if you've been with me for a while should be very familiar because they are nearly word from word out of 2 Kings about chapter 20. Uh, so if this is like, wow, this sounds familiar to me, well, it is familiar to you. The only part that really is different is that Hezekiah's poem, his psalm of praise that he apparently wrote after he was healed, uh, verses 10 to 20, uh, that doesn't appear in 2 Kings. It only appears here Uh, And then verses 21 and 22 are kind of funny because it's almost like, oh yeah, you probably can't follow that story if I don't tell you these two other facts. And so those kind of get dropped in at the end, but I think it's great. It's still a great story. Uh, Let's review it. So Hezekiah becomes deathly ill. Uh, The prophet Isaiah comes to visit him. And uh, Isaiah breaks every single possible rule of pastoral visitation at the hospital. Just telling you. Like you don't walk in and say, "Dude, I think you probably ought to. Do you have a will? Do you have a living will? Because, dude, you are gonna die. I mean, you're like, you are not gonna recover. I mean, like, don't you know? We train our our leaders in hospital visitation and like, don't do any of that. <laughs> you know, you're gonna die, dude. Oh, you look awful. Oh man, oh, you look terrible. You know, you know, no, don't don't do that. But Isaiah is the man of God, and right. uh, um. Apparently the Lord gave him that word. The Lord wanted Hezekiah to get the prognosis because honestly, uh, no other way to get that kind of prognosis with no medical technology back in their day. So Isaiah brings a word from God, a prognosis straight from God that says, uh, "Dude, uh, this is it for you. This is the end. Get your affairs in order." Uh, so I guess if it is the end, uh, that's a uh, 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 that. You know, it it's uh to his benefit to have a couple of days to get his affairs in order, right? But Hezekiah, despite the fact that the prophet of God brought a word from God that said, uh, this thing going to kill you, uh, Hezekiah turns to the Lord and prays. He, he turns his face to the hospital wall and it says, and praise the Lord. Lord, just remember, uh, I, I've always been faithful to you. I've, I've served you single-mindedly. I've always tried to do what pleases you. And then he broke down and wept. Um, he doesn't really ask for anything. I, I mean, in the prayer there, he doesn't say, Heal me, God, heal me, you know, but he turns to God, and I guess the, the prayer of his heart is to be healed. And we could say, Well, this sounds selfish, sounds a little self serving, Lord, you know how faithful I've been, but guys, have you been here? Have, have you been in this? Have, have you had cancer? Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like, you, like this was the end, like this, and you're just begging God for your life because. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can judge him and say, this sounds kind of selfish, but I, I've kind of been there, and yeah, you you do all you can. I mean, you, you you beg God and and that's a guy's just begging God. I mean, you know, he surrenders to God. He knows that God's in control and prayer's all he's got, you know, and um I just like knowing that 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 there are things we get because we pray that we wouldn't get if we didn't pray, you, you know. And so I guess some people, you know, kind of flip out about this because God says on the one hand, you're going to die. And then on the next hand, he says, well, maybe you won't, you, you know, but uh, prayer in, is God's invitation for us to step into his providence and, and his decisions and his will for the world. And don't you think for a moment that God can't change his mind, that God won't change the, the course of everything, God will intervene. Uh, God will change. God will heal. God will give a miracle, you you know, in response to prayer. So, so I don't pray demanding, you know, and and Hezekiah doesn't either. You know, he's not he's not really saying, God, you owe me big. I've been a good king in a Bible full of bad kings. He doesn't say that. He's just begging God and. and that's what you do. I mean, you know, don't ever think that the situation can't change. Don't ever think that God, you know, won't even yet intervene and and do what, you know, wasn't going to happen outside of your praying. I mean, prayer changes things, you know, it does, and it moves the hand of God. And if I didn't believe that, there wouldn't be any reason to pray, you you, you know, you see what I'm saying? And so Hezekiah prays, turns his face to the wall, begs God, and then a Isaiah comes back like next day and says, yeah, you know, this is what the Lord says now, (laughs) you know, I guess that's the danger of hearing from God only once, you know, it's kind of like Abraham when he went to, you know, sacrifice Isaac and, you know, God says sacrifice Isaac and then later God says, don't do it. So there is some benefit, you know, to continuing to listen to God, you know, and and a danger in hearing from God only once. So the second word from God is, no, this is what's going to happen now. Uh, you're going to be healed. I'm going to give you 15 more years. And on top of that, I'm going to rescue Jerusalem from Assyria. <laughs> okay. That's a whole lot more than he was asking for. That's more than he was hoping for. That's, that's, that's more than he would even imagined asking for. And isn't that exactly what the book of you know Ephesians says, that God is able to do infinitely more than we could possibly ask or imagine, you know, that this is the power that's available to us when we pray. You know more than we could ask or imagine, and this is the answer. Listen, you're gonna be healed. You're gonna live 15 more years. He only rules 29 years. You know, so if he's gonna live 15 more years, that means God gives him like more, like more than half of his whole reign is now in, in ahead of him. I mean, so God uh, miraculously and dramatically turns everything around. So now he's got 15 more years. Jerusalem's going to be rescued. And I don't even know if he he even dreamed of any of that. You know, that's how good God is. So uh, there's a sign that goes with that in verses 7 and 8. Now, remember back in 2 Kings chapter 20, almost like God was showing off. He said, would you like the sundial to move forward, you know, 10 spots or backward 10 spots, you, you know? um, I think I thought when Hezekiah said, okay, well, how about backwards? You, you know, cause I think that sounds harder. Um, in this case, you don't get that. It's just like, okay. I mean, the story's abbreviated here to give us, you know, Hezekiah's song. So anyway, the sun shadow moves back 10 steps and then Hezekiah, when he gets well, he writes this beautiful song of praise to God. We know that Hezekiah is a worshiper. Hezekiah spends a lot of private time in the temple, which I love about him. And in this moment, man, he just writes a poem about his, it's his testimony of being sick and how God made him well. And uh, and I love it, man. We, we, we need more testimonies. We need more people who were are, are willing to you know share the stories of what God has done for them. Uh, verses 21 and 22 is like I say, a couple of things that probably you, you might want to know. Hezekiah had asked for a sign, <laughs> and then also he had a boil. And, and Isaiah, while he's in the hospital, you know, showed him, you know, how to make, you know, a little salve, a little poultice, whatever you call it, uh, to, and made the boil go away. Some people speculate that he may have had the plague, bubonic plague. He may have really been on his deathbed. Some people also say that it was probably plague or perhaps plague that God used to kill the Assyrian soldiers, wiped him out with the plague. And maybe there's just, you know, now something of a A small pandemic running through Hezekiah gets infected. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that. And nobody gets to know more than the Bible. So there's that. We just know he had a boil that uh, may have been part of his sickness. Chapter 39. uh, Gosh, chapter 38, Hezekiah looks so good. Chapter 39, he just looks so stupid. Um, uh, So. Uh, Merodach-Baladin, the son of the king of Babylon, he's a prince of Babylon, okay, comes for a visit. Hezekiah is so pleased to have, you know, this enemy prince that he decides to just give him a tour of the whole place, and he shows him everything, you know, just everything, literally, like, you know, here's where I keep the keys to the kingdom. Here's where I keep the keys to the tanks. And by the way, here's where I keep the nuclear codes right here, and and right here's how you would, you know, probably trigger a war. I mean, you know, so stupid. Uh, he just gives the prince of Babylon a tour of the royal treasuries, the armory, you know, the whole deal. When they're gone, Isaiah comes back and says, who who, who, who were those guys? Who was that guy? <laughs> you know, and his guy says, oh, wow, you know, it's a prince from the distant land of Babylon, you know, which, you know, of course is where they're going to be in exile. Isaiah says, you know, uh, are are you dumb? Are, are, are you? He doesn't really say that. He just says, this is what God says, you know, I know that guy seemed like he's from far away and I know that you didn't really know what you just did, but you just gave him the tour, you know, and one of these days he's going to march right back in here and take us all into exile, you know, and, you know, Hezekiah's like, oh, that's, you know, that's bad. That sounds terrible. When's it going to happen? You know, and uh, Isaiah says, well, it's going to happen, you know, you know, in in your son's day and Hezekiah says, well, okay, well then that's not so bad, you know, because then I'll be dead. That's what He says. Um, how's, you know, I guess th- this is the uh, great temptation of, of the older generation to stop caring because they're going to be dead anyway, you know. Um, I-, I find myself falling in this temptation now. I, I look around at the world and the craziness of it. I see what's happening. And part of me thinks, man, I hope I'm dead before, <laughs> because I see the way things are going, you know. I think, man, I hope I'm just completely dead before that is, you know, a thing. Um, Do you ever think that? I mean, I know some of you are older, like I'm older. Do you ever think that? You know, can we just agree to stop thinking that way? Because we're not dead yet. And the things we do still have consequences. The things we do still make a difference. You know, I mean, Hezekiah's stupidity this day is part of what's going to you know, set some things in motion. I mean, there are consequences for your stupidity. It doesn't matter that you're old and won't have to live through the consequences. Your sons will, your children will, your grandchildren will. So stop being stupid. I mean, you know, like I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me and other stupid old people, you know, but stop being stupid, you know, People are gonna live with the consequences of your stupidity, and the people I'm talking about is the next generation. So just because you're gonna be gone, it doesn't mean that you can be stupid. You know, and Hezekiah, I mean you could say, well, is it wrong? Is it a sin to be stupid? I don't know if it's a sin to be stupid, but it's stupid to be stupid. And like I say, it must be a sin to do things that will harm other people, even if you're not around to see it. I'll stop preaching the sermon, but you see kind of, he's a great king, but you know, his last words, at least I'll be dead. I mean, you know, that all of a sudden he doesn't say, he he besmirches his legacy with that final foolish word. At least I'll be dead then. So uh, let it happen. Who cares? You know, man, uh, that's not the way a great person thinks. That's not the way a person who cares about their legacy talks, you know? So uh, let's stop doing things that will have consequences after we're gone. You know, let's try to Take good care to be good stewards of our own lives and the uh, the consequences that the next generation will face because of us. Anyway. Tomorrow's our day, y'all. Isaiah chapter 40, tomorrow. I know I've been kind of flying through uh, the this book of judgment, uh, the first part of Isaiah, but tomorrow begins the book of comfort. I love Isaiah 40. So while well, I've been packing on, you know, chapters, tomorrow, I'm just gonna give you part of it, but we are gonna slow down and we're gonna savor Isaiah chapter 40 because it is so good. It is so good. So for tomorrow, just Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 24, not even the whole chapter. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 24. We're going to slow down and take a long, long, wonderful bath in God's word tomorrow. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 24. I'll see you, Lord willing, then in the morning, 10 o'clock for Tim and Tim. I love you guys. Have a great day.